on with a Rye. I'd like to tell you about one of our new favorite podcasts called The Mashup Americans. It's a podcast that explores life in America from the perspective of mashups or those who straddle multiple cultures and identities. In each episode, hosts Amy and Rebecca, both first-generation Americans themselves, talk to experts, educators, and mashup luminaries to dig into the awkward questions that mashups face. Things like, what's the deal with the ethnic aisle in the grocery store? And what was it like to be Russian-American during the Cold War? And also today. The Mashup Americans has been named one of the top podcasts on race and identity by the New York Times and a fresh must listen by Forbes. It's your guide to the hyphen America we all live in. Listen and subscribe at mashupamericans.com forward slash listen or applepodcast.com forward slash mashup. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Form. Form wants to help you find the perfect solution for your curls, coils, and tresses. Let Form take the guesswork out of your hair care routine with their personal regimens specifically designed for your hair needs. Go to formbeauty.com forward slash Angela now to get 10% off your entire order. That's formbeauty.com forward slash Angela. Get personal with form. We're all my children of the light, born in the sinning, but steady striving to do right. My people are warriors. All we know is to fight. Pray. They see God and everything I write here. This week's Moment in Blackness is a shout out to my Breakfast Club fam for doing amazing, 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 amazing yeoman's work supporting uh, the Gathering for Justice and Colin Kaepernick's Know Your Rights Camp with an amazing radiothon. They are well on their way to raising over $1 million for the gathering. Um, for those of you who don't know, the Gathering for Justice is a nonprofit that is responsible for the march um, from New York to D.C. in support of Eric Garner. Um, they are responsible for the Women's March um, they are uh, the conveners of so many gatherings to support um, black people who have both been intimidated by the police, shot and killed by the police, harassed by the police, um, and just really standing up for and speaking out for um, justice. Um, shout out to my sister friend, Carmen Perez, who is the executive director of the Gathering for Justice. Um, you also may know them by New York Justice League, which is affiliated with the Gathering um, and then, of course, Know Your Rights Camp. Shout out to Colin for being the GQ Citizen of the Year for 2017. Again, um, Charlemagne, to Envy, to Angela, you all have done amazing work. Um, and also kudos to One United for being a black bank that we can all get behind and support um, for also showing their support to uh, the Radiothon. So if you all haven't given yet, make sure you do. Um, the Black Friday moment that many of you all are waiting for to trample people down in a Walmart, perhaps, maybe run them down in a Target, maybe blow up a website. How about you not do that? How about instead of doing any of that, you support an organization that steps up and supports us every single day? So again, shout out to you all for doing some great work. Um, much love to you all. And let's keep going. It's amazing what we can do when we put our minds to it. Next, I want to briefly talk about uh, political lowlife. Uh, this week's political lowlife is Donald Trump. Um, and what I'm going to do is just play you all a segment that ran on MSNBC about Donald Trump's accusers 
and the pattern of a behavior that he engaged in, both in terms of sexual assault, sexual harassment, and confessed to groping. Meanwhile, Donald Trump is completely silent on a Senate Republican candidate in Alabama, Roy Moore, who's also been um, accused of sexual assault and harassment in Alabama. And I don't know who's worse, Donald Trump or the evangelicals who are supporting Roy Moore without issue at all. So today, I don't know who's the low life, Donald Trump or the evangelicals who are supporting Roy Moore even more and saying that there's a war on men happening. Come on, y'all. It's just gone too far. But I want to leave you all with this clip from Donald Trump's accusers. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the... Then-candidate Trump dismissed those comments as, quote, locker room talk when that tape came out last year, insisting he'd never done the acts that he so boasted about. But at least 15 women, 15 women, have accused him on the record with their names of unwanted physical contact, of kissing them, of groping them, and grabbing them by the you-know-what. Many of them spoke on camera about their experiences with this president. It was at that time where he turned to me and um, embraced me and gave me a kiss on the lips. And I, I remember being shocked and because I would have just thought to shake somebody's hand. When we entered the room, he grabbed each of us tightly in a hug and kissed each one of us without asking permission. I feel the little, you know, this little grab. It's a, like, you know, you're feeling like a little cheek, like a little cheek lift almost. And... I, I stand up really tall. I'm shocked in a moment. And I look and I turn around and I look at him and he doesn't look at me. He doesn't want to make eye contact with me. He then walked up to me and reached his right arm and grabbed my right arm. Then his hand touched the right inside of my breast. He then grabbed my shoulder and began kissing me again very aggressively and placed his hand on my breast. I pushed his chest to put space between us. And I said, come on, man, get real. He repeated my words back to me. Get real. As he began thrusting his genitals. The person on my right, who unbeknownst to me at that time was Donald Trump, put their hand up my skirt. He did touch my vagina through my underwear. Absolutely. Somehow or another, the armrest in, in the seat disappeared and... It was a real shock when all of a sudden his hands were all over me. It was when he started putting his hand up my skirt, and that was it. He pushed me up against the wall and had his hands all over me and tried to get up my dress again. And I had to physically say, what are you doing? Stop it. It was a shocking thing to have him do this. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just kiss I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the... Besides bragging about putting his hands on women without their consent, the president has also boasted about exploiting his former role as a beauty pageant owner to leer at women in their underwear. 
I'll go backstage before a show. Yes. And everyone's getting dressed and ready and everything else. And, you know, no men are anywhere. And I'm allowed to go in because I'm the owner of the pageant, and therefore I'm inspecting it. You know, I'm inspecting. Right, I right. want to make sure that you're like everything doctor, is good. You're, you're there. Yeah, the dress. Is everyone okay? You know, they're <laughs> yeah. standing there with no clothes. Is everybody okay? And you see these incredible-looking women. And so I sort of get away with things like that. I get away with things like that. Five former Miss Teen USA contestants, Teen USA, told BuzzFeed that Trump did, in fact, walk in on them while they were changing. And competitors in that pageant, they are as young as 14 years old. Like Roy Moore, whose allies are pushing conspiracy theories to discredit his accusers, then-candidate Trump attacks the women who made those allegations against him, calling them liars and suggesting they were not attractive enough to assault. The stories are total fiction. They're 100% made up. They never happened. I don't know who these people are. I look on television. I think it's a disgusting thing. Some are doing it for probably a little fame. They get some free fame. It's a total setup. I was sitting with him on an airplane. And he went after me on the plane. Yeah, I'm going to go after. Believe me, she would not be my first choice that I can tell you. One of the president's accusers, uh, former Apprentice contestant Summer Zervos, has since sued President Trump for defamation because he called her a liar. And the president's lawyers have been fighting a subpoena filed in September for all documents related to allegations of assault or misconduct. A judge in New York could decide by the end of the year whether the case against the president can move forward. Hey, everybody. I am so excited this week. Um, We have Joy Reid for our Conversate segment. And Joy is my sister friend for real, for real. Little sister Angela (laughs) Rye. So I'm so happy to be sitting with her. We are in her office and um, trying to make this happen. And I'm just grateful that you were able to squeeze it in. The Twitter was not going to let me live if you did not come on. And I was like, you know what? That's a good kick in the pants. I need to get her on. So I'm so glad you can make it happen. The Twitter is ruthless. <laughs> in good and bad ways. Yes. Yes, that's true. Yes. Um. So one of the things that I have talked about in every speech where the election has come up is the morning after. And the reason I talk about the morning after, um, it's a joke, but it's kind of not funny. And it kind of is true that if you hadn't picked the phone up, (laughs) (laughs) if Joy Reid did not pick the phone up the day after the election, I might still be in the bed. (laughs) I told the people this, like, I was like, I called Joy and it was a miracle of God that she picked the phone up because I just needed to cry and lay in the bed. And we came up with a little action plan. Yes, we did. But I, Joy, like, I need you to know I might still be under the covers. Like, this is not real life. And you know, the funny thing about it is I never pick up my phone. (laughs) I really don't. Everyone who knows me knows I don't answer the phone, but it was you know, it was one of those mornings where I just wanted to sleep all day. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't even, I'm just going to sleep all day. I'm not getting out of this bed. The phone rang and I didn't have my eye surgery yet. So I couldn't even see. I picked the phone. <laughs> I saw him blurry Angela Rye. <laughs> I said, let me pick up this phone. I mean, thank God I had my ringer on. Were you like, oh, she going to tell me that it was all a dream? That maybe it was all a dream. Maybe you had a recount. Maybe there was just a miracle. <laughs> maybe I had envisioned. Uh, maybe it was all a lie. Yes. Maybe you had like some special data that was going to come from Florida. 
Florida. Or and I had nothing. Something was going to change. So sad? I mean, I really had nothing. I was like, Joy, please tell me this is not real. And I, I go back to that because I think um, in two ways it demonstrates one, just like your um, consistency as a friend. Like we don't talk every day, y'all, as much as we or even as much as we should. But I know that when the rubber meets the road, I can count on Joy. And um, I start with that story because I was like, I need like, I need somebody to tell me that this is going to be okay. And you couldn't tell me that that day. No, no. But it was just the fact that I had someone who was a thought partner or is a thought partner and knew that we had to do something. Yeah. And it helped me to have that conversation too, to be honest with you. That conversation helped me as much as it helped you because I think in that, in a moment like that, you really do need somebody who A, understands without you having to do a whole lot of explication like what you're feeling. And I think for black women, it was a particularly fraught day. Yeah. Because we found out a lot of things in this election. Not only do we find out that there's at least 63 million people who are willing to vote for our destruction, but that some of those people are women and that we were let down in a moment where we believe that this was a a sisterhood moment, just like 2008 was a moment for, you know, a breakthrough on the racial front. This was supposed to be an election that was a breakthrough for women. And we found out that the, the woman situation breaks down exactly like every other situation around the lines of race. It was shocking. Yeah. It was shocking. The way, it's fine. They can, okay. they can Come in. cut it. How are you still working? I can't believe you know I'm, the look on my face is shocked because you're standing up and working and you're supposed to be in bed. Broke. I'm just two and a half. She said my She's water hasn't broke. In bed. No, I might leave this I'm on the shocked. podcast. Here. Shocked. Not, We're <laughs> all on Angie's podcast right now. So that's fine. We might leave this on here too. The black women at work, even when they about to, when they're still working. Centimeters yet. Maybe about She's to come out here. Two days from labor. That's amazing. I so cannot I'm believe you're on the now. on your feet. Go lie down. That She's was amazing. supposed to be in bed. Listen, black women be working. <laughs> Okay, we to be the working. Last second, always, always to the last centimeter the last dilation. Yeah. Like I yes. got one more thing to do, right? And she did. She said she got to go to the bathroom. She, and she <laughs> <laughs> just one more thing. Anyway, Anywho. so back on topic. So the 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 thing that I appreciate about what you're saying is it was supposed to be this moment. And the question has come up so many times: is like, was Hillary too flawed a candidate? Um, or is the country just too jacked up? Yeah. Is it a combination of both of those? It's both. And they're all flawed. Let me start with the fact that they're all Every flawed. Every human being is flawed. Everyone is flawed. You're mm. never going to find the perfect candidate. But people on the left has a, have a tendency to expect perfection. Yes. People on the right, clearly Roy Moore, Donald Trump, on and on and on, it? Jeff Sessions, they don't expect perfection, don't care. Nope, people on the left want absolute perfection or, well, I'm not going to vote. I'm voting for Jill Stein. I'm sitting home. People have too many needs and expectations of perfection. And you know what? Black people, we've never gotten a perfect president. We've we've had to sacrifice and give up so much. You know, just being in a coalition with FDR meant that we had to make a coalition with the most racist Southern white Democrats alive. The people who did the Klan bake in just 1924, not long before. We had to make common cause with them. We've had to make common cause with Harry Truman, who grew up racist, calling us the N-word. We had to make common cause with so many presidents who are not perfect. Thirty five percent of us voted for Nixon because we're like, you know what? I'm going to get this bus and make sure my kids can go to a good school. You know, this whole idea that people need a perfect president for us who've had to live in this country the way we've had to what we've had to deal with. 
it's insane. It sounds crazy to me when people are like, well, I need this person to be perfect. Well, they're not going to be perfect. Even Barack Obama, who I worked for to get him elected, wasn't perfect. Yeah. You know, we sacrificed some things. We didn't ask for as much as we could have when he was there because we were so proud he was there and he was getting such a fight. Was he perfect? No, he was a great president. I think a top 10 but was he perfect? No. So that's a, a good segue kind of into what's happening with the DNC. So people are like, oh, there's, you know, this crisis happening at the DNC. I think the RNC is having a crisis of its own. But because Donald Trump is such a walking train wreck every day, a lot of what is crisis over there, it seems like, you know, just typical a day in the life, right? It doesn't seem as as shocking. Yeah. Whereas on our side, um, for, for progressives that both identify with the DNC, um, traditional party politics and otherwise, there's a crisis happening. Yeah. And you talked about the fact that we've had to compromise so much. And I think based on kind of where we all landed after this election, it's like, yeah, no, I'm not compromising. Shh. You know, it's like <laughs> shiz. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, you are going to. And that's where I am. Like the DNC, I'm like, they can keep calling and at, I'm like, I'm not doing anything with yeah. y'all until you start answering for my needs and meeting my demands mm-hmm. because we just have entirely too much to lose. We know our candidates can win statewide. Like we just saw with the 2017 elections, so many people of color, women getting elected. It's like, why do you have to? Make decisions about how we're not viable. Right. Right. By not funding us. I think all the time about like Stephen Horsford when he was in. And if they would have just pumped a little more money in, mm-hmm. he would have he would have easily won his Nevada congressional seat back. Right. Yeah. Anyway. I just no, it's true. I mean, you think about Justin Fairfax. Yes. Who probably is responsible in fundamental ways for the outcome in Virginia because he motivated African-American voters in Virginia. In spite I, of not having the funding he needed. Exactly. In spite of being left off of a sample ballot that yep. Ralph Northam signed off on, right? That's right. It's crazy. And it is, and we're supposed to say, well, you know, it's very important that we get white working class voters. So you just need to let us leave Justin Fairfax off in these precincts no. because it's going to help the party. You know what? No, we help you. We help you guys win. Black voters are the reason Democrats get elected. They can't absolutely. get elected without us. Yeah. They absolutely cannot. If Ralph Northam had not had this, this surge, particularly in black women voters that he did, again, which was partly, if not mostly because of Justin Fairfax. Black people were not thrilled about Ralph Northam. They didn't want a Trump person. They certainly didn't want Ed Gillespie. But having that African-American statewide candidate, only the second one, shamefully, in 420 whatever years of American history in the state of Virginia, helped you. And you have people who are running. Pam Keith in Florida. Where's the support for Pam? Mm -hmm. Are we going to get support for, we have an amazing candidate, Stacey Abrams, running for governor of Georgia. Will she get the full support of the party? Or are they going to say, you know, we may want to try to support somebody more, quote, mainstream. We are mainstream well and then when they say mainstream joy too many times that's republican light exactly so they end up elected particularly when you talk about um the house and the senate they end up going in and you're not quite sure where they're going to end up Mm -hmm. um why can't i think of his name west west virginia um oh joe mansion mansion I was I was really going to talk call him Mnuchin. I was you know it was like the letters Very are too similar in my mind. But yes, like you you get Republican light, and that is not helpful to a progressive agenda. Right, and right? we're the most progressive. I mean, black particularly black women are the most progressive voters. Period. When we when you when you invest in you know I just came from um, Black Girls Vote. They did their first anniversary. They did this big party where it was you know all about 
focusing on getting the next generation of black women voters. So, of course, you know, it was very particular to Maryland, but this is something they should be doing around the country. When you invest in black women, a hundred, if you register a hundred black women, you generally get 99 Man. black votes who show up at the polls and vote for progressive policy. When you go into the white working class and you register a hundred voters, you may get 40 wow. who will vote Democratic. The average of what Democrats have been able to get when they win is 40% of the white vote. The mm. average of what they get with black women is what, 92, 93, yeah. 94. But yet this the party, even though it's headed by a person of color, doesn't seem to have any interest whatsoever in registering voters and in doing what Jesse Jackson, you know, the last two significant voter registration drives among African-Americans have been Barack Obama, which was a, in part a huge voter registration campaign. Yeah. Um, and Jesse Jackson in 88 and 84. In between, I worked for America Coming Together, which we did a lot of that in 2004 of really going in and proactively registering voters. But what happened to the Democratic Party being interested in registering voters? Right. And when I mean registering voters, registering their base. Because we vote and you still have places like Mississippi and Alabama that have huge caches of unregistered black voters. Georgia has half a million unregistered black voters. That's a scandal. It is. And especially when you consider how many southern states, not just southern states, but mostly and overwhelmingly like refuse to make voting easier and continue to put roadblocks up to make it more challenging. But, you know, you brought up Alabama. <laughs> so let's oh, talk about on. this for a minute. <laughs> you have Roy Roy Moore yeah. and Doug Jones, who um, Doug Jones just for prosecuting two former Klansmen alone for the killing of the four little girls in the yeah. in the in the church bombing. You would think that he would be deemed a hero to us all. Mm -hmm. And it is truly split along racial lines. And then you see Roy Moore, who is um, who just made an appearance at a revival, by the way, to show he was redeemed. Um, But with over, I think it's 35 percent of people, Alabamans are evangelicals and more than 40 percent of them in a recent poll said that. After the accusations, they're more likely to vote for Roy Moore. Mm -hmm. What is it going to take for us to ensure that black folks in Alabama are registering and turning out for elections like what we're going to see on December 12th? Right. I mean, I wish I could say that the Democratic Party was going to go down there and recognize, you know, I think there are by percentage. Correct me if I'm wrong. A a higher percentage of African-Americans in Alabama than in Michigan. I think that's right. And yet. Democrats are able to get elected statewide in Michigan, but not Alabama. Why is that? Mississippi, I think, has the highest percentage of black people in America. But how come they can't do what New York can do, which has, you know, by total, a smaller percentage of black people? It's because of who's registered. You know, I mean, in 1965, um, when the Edmund Pettus Bridge beatings happened in Alabama, something like six percent of Mississippi and Alabama African-Americans were registered to vote. I'd love to know what that number is now. Mississippi and Alabama were the hardest states to register voters in America. Mm. They were the states that were the most recalcitrant. They held held out the longest on states' rights, quote-unquote, to stop black people from voting. You have a state where Roy Moore has been elected over and over and over again to write the Supreme Court. Yesterday at this revival, scandal after scandal, you know what he said yesterday? Angie, he said at this revival... (laughs) We had people pass special rights in 1965, and now we have all these problems. What happened in 1965 again, Roy Moore? Oh, that's right. Edmund Pettus Bridge and the Voting Rights Act. Is that the special rights you mean? So this was not about abortion. He didn't say 73. 
73 was Roe v. Wade. Yeah. He said 65. Yes. He also, I had, let me tell you, because I took some notes yesterday because I couldn't believe Roy Moore had, he got up there and said, he made, I made a few people mad. <laughs> he got up there and said, I made a few people mad. And then he used the second Chronicles scripture where he talks, where you, it talks about turning from your wicked way. So I was like, oh, good. He's about to repent, repent. for all the, like all the times he was trying to grab a, a little girls. And he didn't. He was talking about how the media was attacking him and they needed to send God to D.C. So I was like, I wonder does he think he's Jesus Christ's second coming or yeah. if he feels like he's redeemed and he doesn't have to make account for his past? And it's clear, again, going back to this whole evangelical voting block, it's clear that they feel like he's done enough mm-hmm. or that when you talk about um, improper dealings with women, it's acceptable. And we saw that same logic with the 2016 election. Like evangelicals were not going to vote for Hillary Clinton because yep. they don't believe women can be the head of a house. They don't believe women can be the head of a church. And you definitely can't be commander in chief. Yep. So it's like that logic all over again. Like yeah. you are just not as valuable and we don't see you like that's not sinful. You're the age of consent in Alabama 16. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it's and it's some women, too. It's not even that that's all men that are having that opinion. I mean, it breaks down along racial lines. And when you have somebody like, you know, Reverend Barber talks about these these folks who cover themselves in, you know, sort of the spirit of the Lord. They try to cover themselves in the robes of Jesus. He said yesterday, Roy Moore, during this speech that you will be persecuted for the support of me, quoting basically the apostles in the Bible as if he's an apostle of God. Mm -hmm. You know, sir, you are somebody who is a serial abuser of children. You're a child abuser, you know, and people around him saying that he's something like Joseph and Mary. So I guess now you guys have taken the divinity out of Mary. You don't think Mary was a virgin her whole life, which is what I was taught growing up in church. Mm -hmm. She was a virgin. Now you think she was the concubine of Joseph and that is how you are <laughs> Sorry, that's how you are funny, justifying right they're saying that she was having sexual relations with Joseph mm-hmm. which is, goes against what I thought they believed mm-hmm. so the idea is that they're willing to literally commit apostasy in the name of politics they've yeah. substituted Republican politics for religion and said they're the same thing they're not the same and back to this question of what do we do with the black people in Alabama because it's easy to say you don't let Alabama go Mississippi, Alabama, you guys go on your own, do what you do what you want to do. But there are so many people of color there. Yeah, we can't afford to let them go. We can't let them go. Yeah. So I wish that what I was seeing out there right now is a huge revival of sort of a Jesse Jackson era, 1988-84 style, massive voter registration campaign across the South. What there does are it enough take to there. get us there, though? Like even, um, you know, thinking about the conversation we're having on the podcast from a 30,000 foot level, I'm like, man, people are going to be like, dang, here we go again with this voter registration conversation. And it's like, we keep bringing it up because we have to. Like, yep. you can go back to Dr. King's 1967, where do we go from here? There's a reason why there's a constant drumbeat about registering voters and getting out the vote. And I know it's frustrating and tiring, particularly for people who do this. Like, yeah. no question. You know, what? how do we explain to people just like, the dummies version, y'all ain't dumb, but the dummies version for why we keep having this conversation. Yeah. You know, I would explain it the way um, and I wish I could remember who said it. It might have been Dr. King who said it in the 1950s, which is you can't make the sheriff love and respect you. You can't make the sheriff care about your black body, but you can sure as hell change the sheriff. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing you can do. You can't, you know, make people want to sit next to you at the Woolworths lunch counter, but you can sure as hell pass a law saying they can't not serve you. The only thing you can, the only way to truly change the society is to vote. 
You can only vote out that DA who won't prosecute the cop who killed your child. You can't change their mind, but you can change them. Mm-hmm. And the civil rights movement, they weren't out there. You know, the the, the church that was bombed, that the four little girls mm-hmm. were killed in. The reason that it was firebombed. 16th Street Baptist Church. I couldn't think of it earlier. 16th Street. 16th Street yeah. Baptist because they were holding voter registration meetings. The full, you know, when Goodman, Schwerner, and Cheney were murdered, why were they killed? Uh, they were investigating the bombing of another church, which was also being held for what? Voter registration. What the terrorists in the South were targeting was the right to vote. They were hanging black people in effigy near polling places to try to scare people away from one thing, voting. Right. If voting was not the most important right we have, they wouldn't keep trying to take it from us. Right. And so the only thing we have, the way to change this country is to vote. And if you don't think every single vote matters, 538, that was George W. Bush's margin. You can always change the country little by little by little incrementally at the school board. Those DAs, I'm shocked that we don't do more DA primary races. Mm-hmm. A lot of these DAs are Democrats. I mean, Sheriff Clark. to the FOP. Yes. Yes. Sheriff Clark is a Democrat. And he tricked folks. There's like a profile piece done on him, um, like right when he was running for sheriff. You should go back and look at it. I just saw it the other day. Yeah. But like you go back and read it and it's like, you know, he's, you know, this black guy raised by parents with really traditional values and all this. But they were like, he's not your traditional Democrat. We also don't have to be fooled by skin folk. You know no, what I mean? Exactly. It was, it was a profound piece because it's like if we did our research, we wouldn't just let folks in because they're like, oh, right. it's a person of color. They're going to be looking out for our best interest. Not always. Not always. Not always. No. Um, we can look at Clarence Thomas, you know, we can exactly. look at who? Tim Scott in some instances. We can look at uh, who else do we have? Mia Love, in some instances, every now and then they align properly with the CBC. I think particularly on economic development issues in sure. our community. But for the most part, not They're the party values. line. And if you think about Clarence Thomas, you know, we're in this Roy Moore moment. That was our first chance to stand with, with a I black know. woman. And the majority of African-Americans said, no, nah, we're with him. You know, and, and they got, the reality is, is that black women, we're the canary in the coal mine. We keep on. If people would just sort of follow our lead, <laughs> we wouldn't have Clarence Thomas. Right. We wouldn't have George W. Bush. We wouldn't yeah. have a lot. You know, so we 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 are the most progressive voters. So it, it, it bothers me that the party I've been aligning with since I was a kid doesn't necessarily listen to us. It doesn't what do we prioritize do to change us. that? I feel like we can't ask anymore right you know i feel like we've gotten to a point where it's like no this is what you're going to do i was um where i was just somewhere saying we need like we need a black party like there's a tea party yeah um and i really mean that i think that i'm struggling with like how do we establish that Mm -hmm. um obviously we don't need to lay out a blueprint for public consumption on the podcast but i'm like we really do need that we need a cabal like we need Mm -hmm. like a we we need a plot like we need we need a a black donor network for one thing because one of the ways that the party you know is controlled is by the donors and the second thing is and you've been in this business there are so many black consultants i have friends who are in the consulting business who are not getting opportunities in the party because they keep paying their same old friends with the same old tired ideas with the same old amounts and then when the with the the folks who are people of color come in you have to like basically go through the uh quintessential haze up just to demonstrate that you have baseline qualifications and mm-hmm. they still give you pennies on the dollar compared to the folks in the good old boys now. Yeah. And I think one of the things that black people could do, you know, Black Pack did it in Virginia, start creating alternative organizations that are well funded, funded through donors that we find independently. We're not going to the same group of donors that give to everything, Emily's List, NARAL, et cetera, are great, mm-hmm. but you don't necessarily have to rely just on them. There needs to be a donor base 
that has, you know, its core interest is African-American issues. Um, there needs to be a consultant network. We kind of almost need to do what Barack Obama did with OFA. He set up a parallel organization that had its own agenda. Mm-hmm. You know, you have um, Eric Holder, who's now set up a parallel organization with Barack Obama to really focus on gerrymandering. Yeah. If the party won't do the things we care about, you could take something like Black Girls Vote National. The structure is already there. The leadership is already there. They're doing great in one state in Maryland. Could we expand that nationwide? There who are, runs that? Black, who runs Black Girls? So Nike, uh, her name is Nike. Nikedra is mm-hmm. her first name. And, and she came up with it on her own. She actually had a job, I think on the Hill, hmm. lost her job and started this just as a labor of love. And it's been a, about a year and a half that she's been running it. Um, I should definitely connect you with them. You would really love them. And they're, it's basically a network of women. It's wow. just business women <clears throat> in Maryland who've decided we're going to register voters. They registered 11,000 voters in the I last cycle. I love that. That's amazing. That's and if amazing. they can do that, like that means that they can affect that one state. Imagine if something like that had the kind of funding to be in 16 states, mm-hmm. in all the swing states or in the southern states. So I think we need a revival. Reverend Barber is doing a moral revival. Yes. Um, and I think we need a political revival for black America. Yeah. Support for On One comes from Tripping.com. Did you know that the average family visits five websites before booking a vacation rental? You can spend less time planning your next trip and more time relaxing with Tripping.com, the world's number one site for vacation rentals. Whether you're looking for a cabin to get away to New Year's Eve, planning your next beach getaway, or that vacation in Europe where you'll live like a local, Tripping.com can help you find the perfect place to stay. With Tripping.com, One search lets your filter compare and sort over 10 million available properties on trusted sites like VRBO, TripAdvisor, Booking.com, and much more. Don't wonder if you're getting the best deal. You'll save an average of 18% per night by booking your vacation with Tripping.com. So remember, if you want to save time and money while booking the perfect vacation rental for your next trip, head to Tripping.com forward slash on one today. That's T-R-I-P-P-I-N-G dot com forward slash on one. So you have to wear two hats. Um, You are a black woman, um, but also like who loves politics. Um, Black woman is a hat you can't take off. So I'm not calling that a hat. But the other hat is one of a journalist. And so given where we are right now, since we had to wake up after the election, (laughs) Joy, what do you see as the role of journalism right now? Yeah, I think we, you know, I kind of got lucky in the sense that I'm an an opinion journalist. And it used to be that was an awkward thing to be in this business because, you know, the idea was to have no opinion and, and just give the straight facts but now people are arguing over what the facts are like isn't people that are, crazy isn't that crazy they're saying well no i don't like this that it's not blue that's green it's green because i don't like blue yes and literally not green because i'm colorblind not green because i just don't like blue yes so it's like i'm just going to change the facts to be more like what i like and you have probably a third of the country that no matter what we say they won't believe it you could have vladimir putin come out and do a press conference and say he interfered in the election a third of the country won't believe it yeah so what we have to do now in journalism is a couple of things. Number one, we are now free to say something is a lie, which is very much of a relief. Number two, I think we have to remind Americans that this presidency is not normal. There's nothing normal about Donald Trump. It may be normal in the Congo. This may be normal in parts of the developing world. You know, very much so. You know, Berlusconi in Italy was like this. Hosni Mubarak in Egypt was very basically like him. He's very similar to you know the Syrian dictatorship without the massacres. 
But the, the mindset, the sort of Saddam Hussein style, I am an autocrat. Everyone will do what I say. Tayyip Erdogan in Turkey is like this. The through Turkey and the Philippines, you know, again, minus the death squads, thank God. But Donald Trump is not like in a typical American president. And so I feel like the job of journalism now is to remind Americans every day, this ain't normal and you need to notice authoritarianism when it's coming. Notice autocracy before it settles in. I've been to Cuba and you notice that the, you know, you're in an authoritarian regime because you just got there. But for people there, they obviously know it too, but it settles on you. And then you just live with it. And then you just go about your life. And then it's 50 years later. Mm. We don't want this to be the way America is. We don't want it to settle on people. And you just get used to it. We shouldn't get used to it. This is not normal. It's so funny. I wonder um, if we could count the number of times that people have gone on air now saying it's not normal. Like There could be <laughs> a you know three day long uh, TV click, clip with all or reel with all of that on of there. Just it's that. amazing. It's crazy. And Trump... Because he's also an entertainer, he's blurred everything. This is an entertainment exercise and a presidency. It's a reality show, a crazy TV show. And at the same time, it's a thriller, a thriller. <laughs> and it's corruption on a level I have never, yeah. ever seen in America. He is making money off the presidency. His team, the people around him, his cabinet are enriching themselves. They have conflicts of interest that are breathtaking. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is the heat. I mean, this isn't Zimbabwe, okay? I mean, honestly, right. we, 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 and it should, they shouldn't have to deal with that either. Right. And the reality is, we go around the world lecturing other countries about democracy. Absolutely. And now look what we've got. Yeah. And, and, and we all saw the threats coming, but folks were so afraid of losing power that they were willing to compromise their own, right? Their own freedom to keep power that's not even, you know, that's not even real is based on a social construct and yeah. not wanting to share. Just greed. You know. Just greed. And we've done it before for fear. After 9-11, mm-hmm. Americans were willing to give up a lot of their civil liberties because of fear, Absolutely. which was wrong, too. But now we have Americans giving up pieces of our democracy for power. And the Republican Party, it's shameful right. what they've done. They've laid down for something that isn't even in the tradition. And there have been some bad American presidents. Mm-hmm. But this isn't even in the tradition of bad American presidents. This is unprecedented. And for the Republicans, he said unprecedented. Unprecedented. Jesus. And they're willing to lay down for it just to have power. What do you taxes. think about um, how we got here? Like Harry Reid, um, one of the last things he that he said on like a floor speech was, this is the Republican Party's Frankenstein, right? And so in many respects, it it is it, he makes it clear that like this has been years in the making. Totally. Right. Um, I think President Obama said the same thing. Like this isn't new. Mm-hmm. So when people are like, oh, my God, how did we get here? It's shocking, but it's kind of like to be expected. Totally. This is 40 years of, you know, Charlie Sykes, who the former conservative. Now he's out of the party that's on uh, MSNBC a lot. He made it clear. He wrote a book about it. They spent 40 years, 30, 40 years, Rush Limbaugh, right wing radio, Glenn Beck, telling an audience of white Americans, you're the victim. Everyone's coming for your stuff. Brown people, immigrants. People of other religions are out to get you. They're taking what's yours. They're taking your America. You spend 30, 40 years telling people that, that they are the real victim of racism. They're the real victim of oppression. You're oppressed. They're out to get you. And I am going to get it back. All it took was for one demagogue to take advantage of that and figure out how to become president off of it. And Trump was the one who figured it out. He didn't invent it, but he sure did figure out how to use it to get himself some power. Yeah. Which means he's going to get himself some money. Yeah. It's, and then it's so weird. I feel so torn about like 
is he smart or not? Right. Like, I mean, just I mean, on on the most like, is, is he smart or did like he fall into this sick type of favor where his stupidity worked for him? Like, it's it's I'm sorry. It's just like it's jarring. Like, yeah. Is he smart or is he really dumb? And he's so dumb. Like, it sounded smart. Yeah. Is everybody else really dumb? And you you kind of well, I hate to do that. I feel like. During the election and all my commentary leading up to it, like I was just cocky as hell. I was just like, this is dumb. There's no way this is going to happen, which is why mm-hmm. I called you my face crack the day after the election, <laughs> you know. But it's just like, is this dude really smart or is he? He's crazy. I think he's a, an extreme narcissist. I think if you look up the definition of narcissistic yeah. personality disorder, but he's also authentic because Donald Trump is the average Fox News viewer. So he didn't have to yeah. fake that he understands them. You know what I mean? That he really he does because he's them. He thinks the same way they do. He's a conspiratorial thinker. He's birther. He, you know, he, he just called Kim Jong Un on Twitter short and fat. Yeah. And he calls him little rocket man. He's like a child. It's like a six year old is president. It's he wants so ice cream and cake. He wants to eat nothing but, you know, he wants the great chefs in the White House to make him a quarter pounder with cheese. This is like if a, if you let a little kid be president. How would it be actually different? He hates the other kid on the playground, so he calls him names. Yeah. You know, Pocahontas. Pocahontas. Regardless of how racist that is. Exactly. I think on whether he's smart or not. And he kind of reminds me, I shouldn't even say it, but he reminds me of sort of like what Diddy was to music, mm-hmm. right? He wasn't a musician. Mm-hmm. He didn't make any music, but he knew how to find the right combination of people who made good music. Now, I hope to God Diddy is smarter than... What did he call himself now? Brother Love. I hope Brother Love... Did you hear about that? Brother yes. Love. I hope Brother Love is smarter than Donald Trump in that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but he actually... I mean, they, I think... And the reason I compare them mm-hmm. is that they're both marketers. You yeah. can be really brilliant at marketing and not necessarily do the thing you're marketing. If You, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like... Puffy. I think Diddy might have a better work ethic too. Like Donald Trump won't even read. <laughs> Donald Trump won't even read his briefing book, Jack. Unless it says Trump all through it. He, <laughs> you know they have to put his name every couple sentences or yeah, he won't read just it. Just so he feels better. I yeah. think I keep saying like I really want members of Congress to introduce um, a bill that calls for every presidential candidate, including the sitting president, to undergo a psychological evaluation. And to me, it's like for once it's really not shade it's like no, it's real. if you have to undergo a psychological evaluation to be in law enforcement to be in certain ranks in the military to be an attorney right character yep. and fitness yep. why shouldn't he have to to have the nuclear codes yes i think they should especially now i don't mem- think he would pass well I, yeah i think that you have you have members of congress openly questioning his mental health yes and we've had presidents we've had instances of ronald reagan when he had alzheimer's we should have been able to know that and if he's deteriorating and i you know in all honesty with no shade at all mm-hmm. if donald trump is mentally is deteriorating mentally and emotionally or and never uh what's the opposite of deteriorating Re- never deteriorating <laughs> deteriorated at the this segment way. is called conversate that's not a word if he never deteriorated to begin with yeah we should know that yes. because he has the nuclear codes he could blow us oh, all up God. and he's spoiling he, he keeps pushing kim jong-un who is insane so they're both crazy they're pushing each other they're pushing each other and they're very similar and you Lord, know have mercy trump as far as his intelligence I don't hear it in the way he speaks. He doesn't have a good, great vocabulary. He has typos on Twitter, Joy. Yeah, he, there and there it's is hard. an issue, too. And too, you know, judgment, judgment, 
What else does he spell? Well, unprecedented. Unprecedented. Please unprecedent him. <laughs> Please unprecedent but, him. But you know what's so funny? There is this is this is how privilege works. Every time the Quinnipiac polling, the yeah. Quinnipiac folks do this polls. Yeah. Is he fit for president? No. Is does he have the right temperament? No. Is he a good president? No. Is he smart? Yes. People still give him the because he's rich. People and white and a man. People just presume. I'm always amazed. The one thing he still gets is people. Something like 55 percent will say they think he's intelligent. Man, that's a trip. Like he, that's the one thing you can guarantee. I would say no to that question. Yeah. I would say no to all those. But I would definitely say no. I don't think he's smart. I don't even think he's put the right people around him to make himself seem smart. And maybe, people, maybe, maybe John Kelly, but even John Kelly's has some moments where I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Like with Frederica Wilson, yeah. Congressman Wilson, like, what are you doing? I think he's being himself. I think the he other might be thing, being dragged down. I think he's being himself. I hate him? to say it. I think, you know what? Just because you're a general doesn't mean that you're a good, that you're a, a, a person of, you know, the highest character. That's true. I mean, he could agree. He seems to agree with Trump. And I yeah. think one of the tricks we did to ourselves is after Trump got elected, we said the generals are going to save us from him. They're all they don't think like him. We, they can't possibly think like him. But what if they do? What if Kelly does think like him? He seems by all that I've been able to see. He thinks just like Trump. Maybe Jordan Peele will do Get Out, too. And it's going to be about how we get the hell out of this. The myth. sunken place. <laughs> We're in the, We're in the sunken, sunken place. place. We're but we didn't even place. let anybody start a teacup at us. I don't get it. I don't know. Maybe they, tur- they started while we weren't looking. I don't get it, but I, so um, off of him, cause we could spend all day on him. And I, I really want to know in spite of this, because I think that one thing that's been constructive for black folks as a result of this election is we are now in many ways focused on what we just need to do for ourselves. Um, when you think about what some next steps, some logical next steps for our community could be, um, as a unit, like collectively, what should we be doing? I think, you know, we had a thing in Florida called Arrive with Five, and I'm going back on my voting soapbox. I'm so that was sorry. NAACP. I remember Arrive with Five. You remember Arrive yeah. with Five? We need to Arrive with Five. I, I just, um, as you were getting here, handed off my 18 year old yes. voter registration forms. Um, I, may, I require Joy's all my son. children to vote. My mm-hmm. son, I have three kids. Now I'm going to have three extra voters in the house. My mm-hmm. husband's a foreigner, so he can't vote. But um, <laughs> we, we have the family vote. Um, we you, you need to find everyone in your life, seriously, and register them to vote. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Now, so that they're registered ahead of the 18 election. Then you need to get about defending the the right to vote of everyone you know. Make sure their ID's up to date. Make sure their voter registration's up to date. Vote in early votes so that you're not disenfranchised. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need to support organizations that are supporting our right to vote. The NAACP Legal Defense Fund, if you have a little extra coins and you can throw it their way please do yeah because a lot of folks poured in to pour resources into aclu and that's not wrong no but we're always talking about such and such isn't relevant this organization's not relevant but they're underfunded that's how relevant could they be if they had some donations that's correct yeah exactly and you know so so start doing that and then we need to start a maybe christmas is the time to do it a season of giving where we start thinking about becoming donors because the people with power in politics are the donors. And other than Obama, where I saw black folks coming out of everywhere, throwing barbecues, raising money and really donating. The power of donors is incredible. We have huge wealth in our communities. And we donate all our money to the church. Like we are we the largest philanthropists, probably, I would argue, in the country. If you yeah. just talk about volume and consistency, mm-hmm. 
I'm not saying that people shouldn't pay their tithes and offerings mm-hmm. at all, but we should think about how to diversify the donor diversify. situation. Yeah. And just also, like you do with your investments. Totally. And if you're in a church, you know, like the church that I was a member of in Miami, it was a voting church. So I, we, you could donate to the church, but you knew there was a fund mm. to get those vans on the road to get seniors and people who didn't have a ride to the polls to the polls. Make sure your church is active. If that's where you want to put your money, make them active because that's the good. only chance of reigning in this president is to change the Congress. And, you know, think about even your local elected officials. Get to know who they are. Find out who is your representative. Who are your local representative, your members of Congress? Start to be in conversation with them. Start to reach out to them. They should know who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those things are important, too. But we also need to start forming collective sort of economic. Yes. Cooperative sort of ventures. There are a lot of small businesses that could use your money, Absolutely. you know, and your patronage and these holiday seasons. Fine. You, you need a new attorney. Start thinking about are there, you know, is, is there a young black brother or sister who just graduated from law school who's in a new firm who could use you know, a boost. I think we just have to start thinking about it. Yeah. And thinking about where we're putting our resources. Thinking about it like we don't have a choice, right? Like we got to do this. Nobody's going to do this. For no us gonna do, and us. there's no cavalry. I mean, I, I mean, I think about this all the time when I think about Black Lives Matter. The original Black Lives Matter, SNCC, those young kids, those yeah. college students, they had Bobby Kennedy in the Justice Department. It's a whole different thing doing this with Jefferson Sessions in the Jefferson Bobby Kennedy seat. Guard Sessions. Yeah, it's a there's no cavalry. There's no federal the, the mm-hmm. DOJ Civil Rights Division has been gutted. There's no Eric Holder. Yeah. There's no Obama. There's You're no ta- real Civil Rights Division. Nope. It's there's, gutted. Yeah. It, whoever hasn't quit yet probably will be resigning. Yeah. There's no cavalry. There's no federal government coming to save us now. In fact, they're coming to do the the exact opposite which is Everything that Barack Obama did, everything that happened positive for us in the Obama administration, they've already targeted or they're yep. going to target. They're going to target us. you got to start thinking about, OK, let me start thinking about my state. Let me start thinking about this mayor. Who's going to be this mayor? Who's going to be this DA? Let me start thinking about this school board. Let me protect my kids. Mm. You have to get out there and start creating around you the government that's going to be the shield from the federal government mm. while he's there. Yeah. Because we have to start protecting ourselves from that. Because it's coming. It you is. know, start thinking about those it organizations. It came. It's here. It's here. <laughs> It's here. It's scary, but scary. we can get through it. Listen, we've been in this country a long time mm-hmm. and we've been through a lot. We can get through Trump. You know, he's not going to destroy, you know, the community. You know, he's not going to destroy us, but he could really destroy the institutions of this country that have made this country bearable. Yeah. and Yeah. Tolerable. That's a good point. There's only so many ways to say this, but bra shopping mm, kind of sucks. But what if you could skip the hassle and find a perfect fitting bra in minutes? You can. Remember, I told you you can. (laughs) Don't believe me? That's fine. But believe in today's sponsor, Third Love. Just take Third Love's online Fit Finder quiz and they'll recommend the bra that's right for your size and your shape. They're obsessed with finding the perfect fit. That's why Third Love is the only lingerie brand that offers bras in, are you ready? Half cup sizes. Game changer. Best of all, you can try one of Third Love's amazingly comfortable bras for free for 30 days. Just pay $2.99 for shipping. You can really try this bra out. Cut the tags off. Wash it. Work out in it. It's so comfortable, you might even fall asleep in it. If your Third Love bra isn't your new favorite, no problem. Just return or exchange it for free. Go to thirdlove.com forward slash on one now to find your perfect fitting bra and try it for 30 days. That's thirdlove.com forward slash on one to try your new favorite bra for free.
Thanks again to Form for supporting this week's episode of On One. It's holiday season. And what's the best gift you can give someone you love? A better way to take care of themselves. Help your loved ones get closer to their perfect hair care regimen by giving the gift of Form this holiday season. Born from a global community of women from all walks of life, Form is the first and only premium end-to-end system designed to make hair care simpler. The Form Collection will help make your hair care experience personal by offering uncompromising products specifically designed for individual hair needs. Form's collection of products was designed to complement each other and your process. No matter what your needs are, Form works every single step of the way. There are no suspect chemicals or formulas in any of their products. Everything from Form is thoroughly vetted to provide top performance without compromising the health of your hair. Get closer to your perfect hair care regimen today by going to formbeauty.com forward slash Angela right now to get 10% off your entire order. That's F-O-R-M beauty.com forward slash Angela. Get personal with form. This is postrolltripping.com. Thanks again to tripping.com for supporting this week's episode of On One. One search on tripping.com lets you filter, compare, and sort over 10 million available properties on trusted sites like VRBO, TripAdvisor, Booking.com, and more. Don't wonder if you're getting the best deal on that New Year's Eve cabin or winter beach vacation. Save an average of 18% per night by booking with Tripping.com. The bottom line, to save time, to save money while booking the perfect vacation rental, head to Tripping.com forward slash on one today. That's T-R-I-P-P-I-N-G dot com forward slash on one. Um, so one of the, one question that comes up for me in every speech probably is, um, how do I do what you do? Or, um, you know, I want to be like you and I get older or whatever. So I know that you probably get that a lot, but for the sake of answering that for young women, young men, Mm -hmm. um, young people who are listening to this podcast or people who ready for a career change, because maybe Donald Trump inspired that too. Yeah. What would you say to folks who, um, who are curious about how they can be more like Joy Reid? (laughs) (laughs) I would say one thing is to, if you can try to be, be a writer, I feel like writing is the skill that will keep you forever employed. It's always the most necessary basic skill, whether you're doing radio or TV or you're doing whatever you're doing, start writing. Even if you're just writing in a journal, then writing, you know, putting yourself out there in a Tumblr or whatever you're doing. If it's on Twitter, Twitter is actually a great tool for teaching you how to write short. I hate the 280 words, by the way. I want it back the way it was. I don't get 280 words. I still got 140 characters. I want 280 characters. You got to upgrade your app. Oh, don't tell nobody. I just said that. <laughs> but no, my way, you ain't even doing your updates. Start writing. And you know what? You are, you can be the Angela Rye of your group of people. You can be the, you know, the leader of that information circle on Facebook and then grow that out on social media. Your social media is your platform now. We do not have a lock anymore, you and me and people who do what we do on this information yeah. superhighway anymore. We Thank the, God. It's open lanes. <laughs> Everybody is on it. Mm-hmm. And you're all on the highway. And you can have as much influence as your good marketing skills, your great writing ability, your great communications ability can get you. Mm-hmm. Make your platform wherever you are. Don't try to wait till you can find the money to move to New York or L.A. Do your platform right where it is mm-hmm. and grow it from just your marketing skills. You can do it. I mean, you'd be surprised. I mean, I, I was a blogger. You know, I was writing columns for Miami Herald. I've done radio. I kind of do what whatever I get the opportunity to do. And don't worry if it seems small. 
Because for the people who listen to you, my first blog, I think I had 300 people used to read it. But the right person read it. And I ended up with a person I wanted a job from being one of the 300 people. You just never know. Yeah. So just do what you can in your sphere and promote, promote, promote yourself and also be consistent. Mm -hmm. Make sure that your all of your social media and all of your names are your name and not a crazy (laughs) name. You know, I guess down to. 69, 69. Like or no, no 69s. Yeah, no 69s. And I've met, so I've actually met people with that and they tell, they tell me their email and it's hot girl, this and that. And it's like, no. 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 I'm out for that. Come just make it your names. name. Yeah. Get your name. Buy the URL with your name mm-hmm. and just start creating your platform. That's and good. then ask. And, the, you know, and it, it's funny because this is actually a Chris Matthews um, piece of advice that I do repeat because it's true. And his piece of advice is always ask. Always raise your hand. But when you, if somebody calls on you, be prepared to deliver. Be good when once you, you know, be prepared. But always ask. It doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. Just ask for the opportunity. So what are we going to see from you in 2018, Joy? It's just around the corner. <sighs> well, uh, we'll be doing election she coverage. She did a tired side. <laughs> I know. I'm just like getting through this. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we will see um, the Democratic Party step up and be, and be interesting so we can cover what they're doing mm-hmm. as they try to fight back and get back to Congress. I really do think Russiagate is going in a very Watergate direction. Yeah. Honestly, I think a lot of my coverage is going to be focused on that. I think we're seeing this, you know, this Mueller investigation is coming to a head. It's going to be huge. It could be a constitutional crisis. Hopefully yeah. we won't see a war. I'm worried about that. Isn't that crazy that we have to talk about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm worried Civil about it. Civil War II. And I got two draft age boys. I got three Lord. kids and two boys. So we we hopefully won't see that, but yeah. I just have to be ready for anything. So and another book. I got to write. What about a daily show? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Right now. We want to see can. more of joy, don't we, people? <laughs> I feel in. Right now, the schedule is set the way it is. So, you know, and I love the lineup the way it is. So I'm just happy with what I'm doing. We love our little weekend show. I got to get a book out. Do that. And you can talk What's to me daily on Twitter. On? What's the book I'm on? still trying to figure it out. You got to help me. Give me some advice. Y'all I'll should do, tweet joy some Tell ideas. Tell me what I should write about. Yeah, yeah. What do you want to hear her write about? Post it on her Facebook page and on Twitter and tell her what you want her to talk about. She can tra- talk about anything because she is black. That girl magic My- and beautiful and intelligent <laughs> at the same damn time. Oh, thank you. And um, we are so grateful that um, you are a champion for us and an advocate, um, an agitator of the Trump administration to get them to say the sky is blue, <laughs> damn it. And, and you, listen, you know I'm your biggest fan. I, I'm your part-time Aww. publicist. And uh, I do <laughs> I do watch publicist. the other network because I love to see you read the people. Oh, and I should tell y'all, um, Joy Reid is... Uh, has been adopted by Paparai. He <laughs> DVRs the show every weekend <laughs> hey, and will walk it back, watch it back two or three times. <laughs> Did you see Joy? Let me tell you what Joy. He loves Joy, and we all do, and we are so thankful for you. Love you more. This was fun. Okay, y'all, we're out. Bye. <laughs> we got to go get my pregnant friend to go lie down. <laughs> I'm taking her home. I'm literally going to put her in the car with me and take her behind home. Black girls still rocky from pregnant. (laughs) Bye, y'all. Surviving to do right, my people are warriors. All we know is the fight, praying to seek God and everything I got. Surviving to do right, my people are warriors. All we know is the fight, praying to seek God and everything I got. They call me the other side. I say I'm just my father's daughter, like Christ, my body beating, but I refuse to holler. Won't give them the satisfaction, but I let the tears flow. Steady praying for a father, forgive them, they don't know that the revolution. 
revolution will not be televised. Twitter, Facebook, excuse me as I scrutinize. Out of the mouth of this babe comes perfected praise. As if you needed a sign, we in the last days. And so the revolution starts with a stroke.